1: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Babe. <laughs> I'm your host, Lara Marie Shane Halls, and today I'm doing things a little bit differently. And joining me via Skype is a friend of the pod and friend of moi, Jocelyn Fee Miller. Aloha.
0: Always- All, of- <laughs> <laughs> All of the above, folks. Jocelyn Fee Miller. It's true. Yes. You
1: may remember her from such hits as past babe episodes, and you may have gone to her and had some of her amazing body work.
0: Thank you everyone for coming to visit. I felt very special and cared about by the babe community.
1: Yeah. By the readers. Totally. The readers needed your healing hands and they got it.
0: Those hands are available still.
1: Um, I, uh, wait, can we talk about something which is I'm in physical therapy, speaking of healing hands, <laughs> <laughs> Jocelyn famously has nine and a half fingers of glory. Wait, we might have to get the story of your pinky going
0: away because that's a good, Should I tell three different versions and see which ones the readers think yeah, is real. Cause
1: that's a bait. <laughs> that's a real babe scenario, but Prior to that, okay, so I'm in the middle of physical therapy because I have, like, tendinitis in my shoulder. And so Mm. part of my physical therapy now is that I get to have, like, massages. But the massages are – it's just, like, a massaging my shoulder area, which feels so good and hurts a lot. But ultimately, it's, like, good hurt. But then my masseuse, Pearl – today said that my parasympathetic nervous system is going crazy and I need to access my sympathetic nervous system what say you to that um basically I I need she joined the throngs of people that told me I need to meditate in order to like stop tensing up so much because I do carry my body as like a little fist at all times. Pretty
0: much an epidemic. I mean, it's foundational that we have to start harnessing our parasympathetic nervous system because everyone is in fight or flight all the time because people aren't even really sure what it takes to be, uh, to survive in, in society anymore. So how could you even know where to be in fight or flight? something going on and this. It's an epidemic.
1: Yeah. Um, we're all
0: tensed up. We're all little fists running around majorly. And, and really the premise of most relaxation therapy and Reiki is cultivating relaxation in yourself so that you can then soothe into a nat- your own natural healing state. And you can't start healing yourself until you get rid of that fight or flight. Yeah.
1: So I think I'm in just like, I don't know which so your mode I'm in. <laughs> my shoulder is fucked. <laughs> I realized too that I'm pretty sure I like traced this back all the way to me falling off a treadmill in November and I fell on the treadmill and like, I think my shoulder got fucked when I tried to like brace my fall, but my knee hurt so much because I fell onto my kneecap and like, thought that I'd like broken my knee again Mm -hmm. I thought my I think my knee was in so much pain that I just like ignored whatever was happening with my shoulder and then slowly but surely the long troll injury is a shoulder journey that I've now been on since that happened so
0: I'm definitely I wish you could see me I'm using this pin and I'm like circling the part of your shoulder that I think is (laughs) injured So did you guess the right one? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to try in front you guys, but um, I do think that if you always hold the mic with this right side, that you should be aware of so, that.
1: God, I need to hold it with the left side. You're right.
0: That's why I got this
1: chair so that I wouldn't be, I'm also like, slouching so in it, but so I wouldn't be just like crunched in the same position on the couch every time. I'm sure the readers are loving to hear about my shoulder (laughs) trauma.
0: Well, there's this thing called the shoulder clock where you could take like five breaths at 12 o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, all the way to six o'clock. Imagine that. You take like five breaths at each of those places. And then that's basically like meditating and stretching. Like this?
1: And then that, and then that, and then that.
0: I'm putting my head like around, like, like a neck, reaching stretch. your arm up.
1: Oh,
0: this is twelve o'clock, and you're this is like the hand of the clock, and then you go to one o'clock. Oh, Back I like a wall, okay. and then you like go all the way around. Oh, that feels very
1: opening, harnessing, opening, okay. soothing, harnessing my sympathetic Not, nervous system. <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> like love, we like you.
1: Um, and then shutting down that parasympathetic nervous system that just wants to screw me over.
0: No, no, no. Parasympathetic is here to support you, but just like it's overactive. It's like, it's like a humping dog that doesn't know when to stop. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Tony,
1: (laughs) He now sniffs other certain dogs, but then (laughs) instead of humping them, he just humps the air. And he does like his little rock star dance. Chief did that too when I would sit for him. Maybe Maybe it's a pug dance. I figured that out
0: in pugs.
1: Yeah. Pugs (laughs) feel very sexual around me. It's my burden. Is there another
0: word for it?
1: (laughs) (laughs) They feel very
0: turned on and tuned in to the world. They just know how happy you are. That's all they're responding to. They're just reflecting us, man. Okay, wait. Chief is pretty depressed over here.
1: Why is he so sad? Chief looked depressed. We're FaceTiming and I saw Chief walk by and then he just turned to me and kind of with, gave me like a help me face.
0: He's probably just talking shit to you like, you got someone else now, you don't even care. No, he's oh, fine.
1: He's coming. Do you hear his little, uh oh, he's running away. Tip,
0: tip, tip. No, Chief is good. He just usually doesn't care if anything's going on and people are confused by that. People come over. He doesn't acknowledge them.
1: He's just in his own world. He's a little aloof.
0: He's got his own thing going on. (laughs) I love
1: that about him. But I also am like, chief, love me.
0: Well, he would urinate on your bed if you'd let him. I know.
1: Tony puked on my foot tonight as soon as we got back from the dog park. He chugged a bunch of water. I took off my shoes He went to bite my socked foot because he loves, he thinks that my socks when I'm wearing them, that somehow my foot is a toy that he needs to attack. So he went to do his usual attack. Mm -hmm. Then he just got overwhelmed and then puked right onto my sock. So that was a first Mm for me.
0: Mom life. Opal just puked on me two days ago. I love that. Where did she puke on you? She was car sick after coming down from the mountain, and we were getting her out as she was puking. Love that. (laughs) I hope that's birth control for all of you babes out there. (laughs) You get a pet or a
1: human. (laughs) Tony is very human. He is like a baby, but you're going to be totally just like it'll be a barrage of bodily fluids on your person. At any given time,
0: all the time. I'm transfixed by Chief's little butt as he walks. Do I, back. Need, do I need to <laughs> relieve him of his tap dancing, or is it
1: maybe his tap okay. dancing adds a certain something to the recording? <laughs> <laughs> a little Texture, mise en scène, yeah. <coughs> um, wait. Okay, so like, let's talk about your finger. I want to know. I want to hear you tell people three different stories or you just rotate well three tonight stories?
0: depends on the person and what I pick up. at this point it's intuitive storytelling okay <laughs> what that person needs to hear there was a three and a half year old today I just realized that I hadn't she was like what's wrong with it it's not there and I said you know it just disappeared <laughs> <laughs> uh, I said when, exactly when I was your age <laughs> <what I> <laughs> You're like,
1: be careful! I was lucky; it was just a finger, because it could be an arm or a leg, or just your head.
0: I have no idea. I love. I like that. Keep the kids <laughs> on their like, toes. Yeah, they have no idea. They have no idea. And then the next one was, I this one I told for a while. I would just be like, "Well, my sister and I were camping with my." Family and my brother and dad had gone out hunting, and they brought back a fox that was in a bag, and I didn't know what was in there. They too, the many steps, was too many steps, too steps. I it second both... story. Okay, I love that second grader story. <laughs> and then, like, I was trying to get—I thought it was a potato sack.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've always loved potatoes a... so much that I immediately went for just a raw tater. <laughs>
0: camping I was three yeah and then there's like this there's a polar bear you know and then there's like sometimes I'm just like my sister bit it off she's a she's a redhead (laughs) she Mike Tyson did chopping wood yeah she's chopping wood and just took it and then I mean the real story is it was a (laughs) sorry guys should I ruin it (laughs) tell the real story tell the
1: real story it's good
0: Okay. It was 1989. And my older siblings had just uh, allowed allowed me to tag along to their roller skating party with the elementary school. And I was three and a half. And we had a couple neighbor kids in the car as well. It was a 1989 Astro van. And it was the first time I ever called Shotgun. And so in 1989, you could put a a three-and-a-half-year-old in shotgun. (laughs) My mom thought it was a great idea because it was my first time, and all the older kids were in the back, and they were so proud that I called shotgun. So I got up into the shotgun. We were waving goodbye to the neighbor, and the mom shut the door. I was like, bye, I love you. And I turned around, and the sliding van door chopped the finger off. But it was hanging by the skin oh my god did you feel it happen I felt or did it, it, saw happen? it like five or six kids were in the back of that <laughs> they were all like a couple years older than me traumatized wait who
1: shut the door not your mom a different mom
0: our friend's mom she oh was a nurse god. conveniently so she... she gave me a purse later <laughs> <laughs>
1: Sorry, I cut your finger off. <laughs> Condolence so gift. Off. <laughs> so your finger was hanging by a shred. Everyone was screaming. I hanging suppose. by the skin. I remember.
0: I was. I remember lots of paper towels, and then my mom on a huge walkie-talkie-looking cellular phone device, <laughs> and and then we drove the astrovan to a hospital. I went on to UCLA Medical Center where they used leeches that I all named Bob. I was in the hospital for five days, and I was going to be the smallest appendage that had been rehabilitated. And I went home, and a few days later it had died. So they connected it back (laughs) with the Bob leeches. Yeah. And then I went home, and a few days later it I woke up and it was black and blue. Uh, mm -mm. I remember waking up and being like, I need gauze. And it was like, no, (laughs) it's dead, sweetheart. So they had to have another surgery. And (laughs) 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 I like the polar bear story. Okay. I just
1: like, (laughs) I guess I'm shocked that they were like success and then, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like it's like if it's going to die. Was it traumatic to have it die on you, or did you care,
0: Suki? What were was your thoughts? Obsessed. Suki was obsessed that she would not have a deformed child. Okay, so
1: that's your mom for all the readers out there. She, yeah. Oh, yeah. Just so yes. Also,
0: an AKA a person's mother. Yeah. And. She definitely, like, said that it was one of the hardest things that's ever happened to her. My parents divorced <laughs> shortly after, so I'm convinced.
1: <laughs> it I love that you get your finger cut off, and her response is, that's the hardest thing that's ever happened to me.
0: <laughs> I know. And she still says it to this day, which is hilarious. So she took it worse than you did. Yes, and I can when my kids are my. I have a two and a half year old and a seven and a half year old. But when my seven and a half year old was three and a half, I remember being like, "Oh my goodness, that's tiny Mm -hmm. and terrifying." That's a baby, still basically. Yeah, pretty much. I mean,
1: pretty much. Yes, you're like a baby until you're seven or six,
0: maybe. Depends on your kid. Then you're a kid. Yeah,
1: and then you're a kid until you're like. A teenager tween
0: there's this tween thing that people like to forget about
1: i don't believe in tweens
0: Shh, okay we'll come to my house like next year what's the what's
1: the difference between a tween and a kid
0: a kid is fancy free living the dream post babydom and a tween or what Lola likes to call herself as she's seven tween. Oh. <laughs> that's smart. And a, a tween or a pre tween is someone that's starting to act like an asshole. Mm hmm. Just a little nudge towards being an asshole <clears throat> or just, you know, just more resistant, more having an agenda, more having And it's not even a bad thing. It's just that having more of that, like, well, no, this is my life, and I'm going to be doing what I want with it. That's all the teenage years are. It's just, like, starting to recognize your power. So, yeah, the tweens, fancy-free kids are just like, I'm going to go play. Yeah. I'm going to go do this. Okay, great. Thanks. Do you have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? A tween is like, oh, that's peanut butter and jelly. Is that whole wheat bread or gluten-free bread or, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. it's just... There's a different component of like, oh no, this person is matured beyond their own good. Yeah. Like they have opinions now
1: and they're mostly shitty opinions because they don't know anything.
0: Or they just cause me problems because I I have a different agenda than theirs. Yeah.
1: I love it's rude that <laughs> humans, like tiny humans can have these agendas. And like not like they don't know what they're even doing. But they think they do. And they're like convinced that they do, but you, the adult, are like actually no, like you still have to follow my agenda for another like ten and plus years.
0: No, I mean that's what people who aren't parents, that's what they think, but really you just have to follow the kids' agenda. There's no option. Otherwise you're just like beating your kid. <laughs> 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 that's it. It's like I all we do is, like, we become worshippers of our little children. We just lose sight of everything else. That's what happens in our society, at least.
1: Well, okay, question.
0: Hold on one second. My refrigerator's open.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is real mom Mom hours.
0: Is that your refrigerator running? <laughs> I thought
1: that was a euphemism for, like, you wanting to smoke a quick... <laughs> like bong rip or something, but it was a real, it was a real mom problem of the refrigerators opening. it and was left a jar no one's gonna close
0: it but me so <laughs> I'm gonna have to interrupt this podcast right now to go over there
1: <laughs> that was a really oh. solid picture of mom life so when you Like, discipline, do you use words for disciplining? Or, like, how do you go
0: even about that? I prefer sounds. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ah, (laughs) ah, ah. Uh-oh. You know.
1: But then um, once it's, like, once the deed is done and you have to,
0: like, there are consequences. (laughs) What is this? Mm. Mm. that's so disappointing oh what a bummer you chose that now I can't give you any privileges sucks to be you but But then I I realized that saying sucks is probably not good because then you know
1: but yes sucks to be you is a little bit like rubbing rubbing it in
0: no that's the part I just say in my head yeah I,
1: I was practicing how I was going to like because I went to the grocery store today and then these little kids like on scooters like razor scooters came barreling down into the parking garage like down the hill into the parking garage entrance they weren't none of them were wearing helmets I was just like oh my (laughs) god I was there I was like they're gonna get run over if I was their parent I'd be I would be, like, beside myself.
0: I knew you were going to say beside yourself. And then
1: I was, like, I got in, like, a fictional, like, conversation (laughs) with my, like, fictitious son of, like, how I would punish him for not wearing his helmet and then going in a parking garage, which is totally off limits. Like It's a car zone. Yeah, but then I was, like, I came to, like, my approach was being, like, So do you think that, like, what do you think went wrong here? What do you think is, why do you think I'm mad right now? I'm letting him kind of fill in the blanks of, like, what How did did. he
0: respond? How did your fictitious son respond? He, (laughs) I don't know, I had a lot, he
1: wasn't getting it, so I felt like I had to explain it a lot to him, yeah. And then I was like, what do you think a good, What do you think some consequences are for this? And that's kind of as far as we got.
0: Well, Laura recently came to uh, watch my daughter at a her first horseback riding lesson. Mm -hmm. And there's definitely a lot of like, do you think that's a good idea? Long pause, long pause. It's not a good idea. Yeah. (laughs) I'm, I would love it if in the future,
1: if I do have a child, they really fill in the blank of like, we get like a really good dialogue going of, do you think that's a good idea? And then they're like, no, it probably isn't. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. But I know that that's a uh, very wishful thinking.
0: No, no. Lola says that all the time. She's like, no, I don't think it's a good idea, but it's what I wanted to do. And then what do you say? I can I say I totally relate to that, but now I can't let you be hooked up with cool stuff. It sucks to be you. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> That's the part that she doesn't hear until now, Laura. She's been allowed to listen to this for at least 10 years. What else is new in your world? Oh, oh I sent you a little piece. I've been constructing a dinner theater experience. At the Sacred Roots, Mm-hmm. it's called a Gothic Enlightenment Mystery. Whoa! Dinner
1: theater off the bat reads as a babe to me, but I'm will <laughs> I'm willing to keep an open mind. Tell me more.
0: Your mind—it's imagine a small but friendly circus meets Beetlejuice, Victorian Goth Death Theory. What does that even mean? Oh, we have to come. (laughs) It's a mystery. It's really a mystery. That's why it's a gothic enlightenment mystery. But basically there's... Is it a murder mystery? It's kind of playing on like a LARP, like live action role play, uh, participation of the audience, like very specific strategic strategic audience choosing so that we're only going to invite certain groups of people. Um, and then maybe give assignments to guests Mm -hmm. and then it's kind of, that's why I'm saying it's an experience because there's food and there's different rooms that you'll be in. And there's kind of like a, a flow that will put people through. It's it's in the process right now. This, it sounds like
1: those Christian, like hell rooms that holistic
0: hell, holistic hell.
1: hell that like remember those did you ever go to one of those where like you
0: nativity scene
1: no it's like um it's like a huge it'll take place in like a big warehouse space right but then the warehouse is uh, blocked off into separate rooms and each room you go into a scene unfolds in front of you you're not participating in it but you're watching it kind of like a play like a theater piece and Mm -hmm. like the first scene is like you're in the middle of a house party and like, it's like crazy and like everyone's binge drinking. There's a keg. And like, then like this guy is like, I'm going to drive home. Like, fuck everyone. But I'm so fucked up. And then the cat and then like the next scene, everyone's like in that house party scene is like, no, don't do it. And he's like, I don't care. I'm doing it. Then the next scene is like a turned over car And, like, it's all busted out. And, like, there's been a horrible car accident. He's scared straight. Yeah. He's scared straight. Yeah. And so then – and the police are, like, there was nothing we could do. Like, there are no survivors. Like, he's dead. Then the next scene is, like, this guy who drunk drove. You're in hell. And he's, like, in hell and there are demons everywhere. And, like, it's awful. And then the next scene is, like, you're in heaven, and it's so peaceful. And then, like, Aww. yeah. And then you, like, cry. I cried. I was just like, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then the whole thing is, like, isn't it way better to, like, go to heaven than go to hell? Also, don't drink and drive.
0: And accept Jesus into your heart. Yeah. Christian. We were thinking about having a... Um... It be dog themed instead of god themed though. Mm-hmm. Like in like, there'll be a dog head instead of a god head. <clears throat> there might be a vegetable sacrifice. You know, there's gonna. Be, we're looking at the seven realms, like Dante's Inferno, the seven realms of hell. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at, at inverting those into the seven realms of enlightenment, based on burning through the realms of hell.
1: Okay, so like you kind of like Buddhist where you feel like suffering is life and you work through the suffering and it's only through like working through your suffering that you find enlightenment.
0: That's the mystery. That's the mystery.
1: This is so vague. I've never been more confused about any sort of dinner theater.
0: Maybe you're going to come. I'm excited. There's a cool group of people that are gathering to put it on. I mean, it's not going to be any LOL Cat orchestra or anything like that. that one extravaganza I took you to. Yeah. <laughs> but um, we're looking at integrating some some traditional circus, just like contortionism and operatic singing and there'll be live music and it's going to have some cool components. So that's been very fun. I've pretty much just been losing myself and trying to do that when I have a bunch of other things I'm supposed to do.
1: Yeah. So it's like immersive. It's like a fully immersive dinner party
0: that then has like scripted elements to it. There might be some acrobats and, and aerial silks and fire dancing and stuff like that. You know, just small circus. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you might receive an invitation soon. There's going to be, we're going to maybe do three of them. They're going to be invite only. So that's fun, too, to kind of craft the people that come. Oh, fun. Well, I, different. well I know people who are there. I'll, I'll definitely put you in a group with only people that you would know. <laughs> oh, because you go through in groups. Yeah, so we have it set up to where there's like a big, big group, and then you're going to split into smaller groups and then come back to the big group. Oh. Okay, which is fun because I might be doing a deathbed scene. Wow. you the scene you were born to do. <laughs> I was like <clears throat> very excited writing some variations of this monologue when I was in I was camping and I was like, okay, if it's my deathbed scene, what year is it? And I was like, 2042. And I was like, oh shit, that's kind of soon. That's really soon. <laughs> so I was like, dang it, I have to live a lot longer this than this. This really sucks. And um, So I chose 2068, which is still very soon, but I really don't think that the planet – I went to the aquarium today, and they pretty much said that we're overpopulated. So 2068 is a good run.
1: Are you going to wear like old people makeup?
0: I think we're going to keep it like as minimalist makeup. And we're talking about maybe even some components of bondage being (laughs) included. (laughs) This is
1: honestly, I have like no idea what this even is. I don't I feel like if anyone's listening that can like fully describe what this night is now now I am coming because I'm like I truly just need to know more
0: There's some cool players that
1: will be involved your marketing get- tactics are actually very on point where you say <laughs> what something is without really explaining it and then keep adding new elements that are equally as confusing to the point where it's like, wait, I actually have to be there to experience this.
0: You have to discover this mystery together, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's true.
1: When is this happening? It's around October? We're going to do
0: one October 19, 27, and November 1st. So there'll be a Friday, Saturday,
1: and a Sunday. Oh she Right
0: on the Hollows Eve. Right?
1: Yeah, I think a Galleria. bondage, acrobat, death scene, food with food and farm to table. Farm to table food and like writing assignments.
0: Feels- There's going no to be writing assignments. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally part of it. And we're even considering like something with I don't want to divulge. I don't want to divulge. I can everything. tell you don't want to divulge anything. <laughs> Wait, would you give a ticket to
1: a reader that they were based in the California, the SoCal area,
0: or is it very VIP? It's very VIP, but the readers have treated me so well, I only want to give back to them. Like we could do one ticket <laughs> up for like a giveaway. I think that we should have, to, we have to make it a couple ticket, like a, a set like a two tickets so yes. the
1: reader couldn't bring a friend
0: correct i okay. think that would feel good to me if,
1: if you're in southern california and you are <laughs> listening to this podcast <laughs> and you're intrigued and you say i too need to figure out what the fuck <laughs> this gothic this,
0: enlightenment mystery is
1: yeah and i need to know more I'll figure out how we're going to do this, like little giveaway. But unfortunately, I mean, if you want to fly out for it, that's on you too, I guess. But like,
0: I respect these people. If you want to fly
1: out for it, yeah, if you want to fly out for it, actually, yeah, that's great. So I'll figure out how to get a giveaway going for Thank a you, ticket Larry. plus one. Thank you. I mean, they could just maybe be your your date. They could be my <laughs> date, but I think it would be more fun for them if they bring. For themselves.
0: See, this is the selflessness that the readers need to know about.
1: Yeah, I like to roll solitary into new experiences and fully immerse myself.
0: (laughs) I can see of your ready face, excited. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so this has been very fun. Uh, Meanwhile, the the massage college is launching in the next six weeks, and we have. It's all happening. We have some, this amazing man <clears throat> named Michael Owens is receiving an award for this veterans, uh, like suicide prevention nonprofit that he's created. Mm-hmm. Like a, he's a community service wellness ambassador. And so our grand opening is going to honor like 10 of these different people who've created different nonprofits and different Community service-based or teaching-based or healing arts-based projects. We have one woman from Esalen, and she's worked there for fifty years. And I love she's, that she's run the healing arts department there for twelve years, and so she's going to come do a blessing for the school. <laughs> That's Mage, and she's so awesome. So I'm just I'm I'm very excited to get these people together and honor people who are creating like waves in the holistic and healing arts communities. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's
1: very cool. I'm going to a holistic dentist on Friday. In Santa Monica? No, in West Hollywood.
0: What is the difference between the holistic dentist and the...
1: That's a great question that I looked at the FAQs on their website, and I think that they just don't use like mercury fillings. Or they will, if you have, like, mercury fillings, uh, they like to take those out and, like, put in new fillings or some shit.
0: I love that. I got most of my fillings in Redding, California, and they've been slowly having to be replaced. Yeah. Guess why, Larry? Why? What's in Redding, California? Lead in the water. No, it's boarding school it's the only way to get out of boarding school, get a bunch of cavities and go down to the dentist. Wait, that's when you got fillings? I got all these fillings when I was at boarding school and people were like, oh, you're going to the dentist again? Oh, you're just trolling to go to the dentist? I'm like, they're drilling into my head and they're like giving me a hard time I'm <laughs> going to the dentist. I started stealing magazines
1: from every doctor's office that I would go to when we were at boarding school And I got like probably I went ham in one doctor's office because they had a lot of good fashion ones and stole like every fashion magazine out of their waiting room. And then they called the school and they were like, did Lara steal these magazines? And then my counselor, Doreen, was like, pulled me aside and was like, Lara, did you steal these magazines out of the waiting room at the doctor's office? And I was just like no, I have no idea what you're talking about. And then it was dropped forever.
0: I was just into those uh, dental visits for the Incrustables. Yeah. I saw an uncrustable the other day, and I was instantly transported back. I mean, Lola wants them, my seven-year-old, and I just can't allow for those things. Back into the home. They're so delicious. I don't think I've actually had an Incrustable
1: in... 15 plus years, but I'm happy that the Uncrustable brand is strong. And like some people are getting
0: their Uncrustables like to this day. But the question I present to these fans of Uncrustables is, is the crust of the Uncrustable not crust?
1: No, the Uncrustable is definitely The name is misleading because while the crust may not be brown on them, there is definitely a thin, (laughs) tiny ring of crust that's a little more pressed together than the rest of the pocket of peanut butter and jelly.
0: That is fucking called crust, folks.
1: (laughs) Okay. I love an uncrustable, it's just a peanut butter and jelly pillow. It's better frozen. Oh, I never even had it frozen. But a frozen bread is like that
0: disgusts me. No, this is like you get it frozen, then you drive out half the fucking across the state to go to a softball game, and then you are allowed to eat your half frozen uncrustable. Then it's deletion. Deletion? delicious, delicious, delicious. <laughs>
1: oh my god. I was craving an uncrustable today actually. Now that I saw one out in the wild and it was like I really like wanted a PB&J. It's a comforty food.
0: Readers know about your Amazon wish list. I also have been potty training, it's a big part of my regime over here. Between potty training the youngest, the dinner theater, and the massage is the, the potty training and and generally avoiding therapy and using boarding school as an excuse. I'm like, I just have too much trauma around
1: <laughs> around boarding trauma school to go and to around therapy. therapy
0: to go to therapy. So like, I'm gonna try these other tactics right now. <laughs>
1: I call bullshit on that.
0: <laughs>
1: like, if boarding school was actually therapeutic and actual therapy, I would be like, okay, fair. But it was, like, truly just, like, a bunch of hillbillies trying to, like, run some sort of... Our boarding school... Our schools aren't tax-exempt. Private schools aren't.
0: No, they're definitely not. My school's not. Yeah. Yeah. There's a bunch of kooky people. No, there's tons of taxes. I don't know. I think that they were just hiring people that were maybe affordable compared to, and locals. It was really like, who lives out here?
1: Yeah, but like, who's going to live in like fucking Redding or Whitmore, California? A bunch of psychos. (laughs) Like, it's not like you're sourcing from like a reputable town. You're sourcing from, like, the meth capital of the world. I went just, like,
0: yeah. I had one semester at Weed, California, College of the Siskiyous, which that was post-boarding school when I lived in Mount Shasta. And it gave me a huge insight into the communities surrounding the boarding school area.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. What did you glean from the that semester at Weed
0: College? Or what was it called? College it of the Siskees? College of the Siskees in Weed, California, about 10 minutes north of Mount Shasta.
1: I remember and Weed because we would go there for certain, like, softball trips. Mm-hmm. And we'd drive to Weed, and then I'd be like, hell yeah, there's a city called Weed. <laughs> that was me
0: I, every day when I was going to college when I was 19. And pretty much... I just remember being around the area and seeing, like, there's not a lot of people that live around here. Because I had gone to Orange Coast College prior to this weed California experience. And it was just a very, very small group of people. I mean, there wasn't much to choose from.
1: Yeah. It's just, like, pretty bleak. That's what I'm saying, is that you're sourcing all these, like, therapeutic, quote, unquote, ambassadors or counselors from like literally the land of
0: nod. I would like, I have respect for those people though, that are willing to step into that role.
1: Well, I have respect for some of them because I think some of them, it comes from like a really genuine place of wanting to help. And then others I'm like, I think you just wanted a job. Like, what did you want? Like it could have been any job. But it just happens to be
0: this job. So you're saying that you have trauma around therapy as well because of boarding school?
1: No, okay. I have trauma around... Posers? Trusting people. Some trust issues from boarding school. Uh, and, ther- and trauma around...
0: Yeah, just like disingenuous authoritative Definitely fakes fake mentorship that's what i'm saying i am not interested in therapy because i don't trust anybody who thinks
1: that they know something yeah but therapy i'm realizing is not someone telling you like 100 percent.
0: but they're, they're still just, like, guiding talking. you yeah but still they're guiding a internal dialogue towards something something that they think is right and if you think something's right, it's just it, or what they think is for your best self. So I, I mean, but not even that. They don't even do that.
1: Literally, like therapy is like you just go in and talk and then they ask questions like the best therapists don't tell you anything. They don't guide you anywhere. They just like you talk and then they just ask you questions and you guide yourself.
0: So maybe you're scared of yourself. One hundred percent and also marriage Counseling is much different. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: (laughs) I ain't trying to go to that anytime soon.
0: (laughs) It's just so much boring, more more boring because you can't talk about yourself as much as you want
1: to. Yeah. Well, maybe that's why you need your own therapist so you can just have the Jocelyn Fee happy hour.
0: I need this. Yeah. I'm a... I enjoy... the idea of it but then I'm always exhausted after so I'm like oh I can only do that once a month because like I can't get so bogged down by the processing but I always expect to have to sleep twice as much after therapy to process it yeah so yep avoiding therapy but going and then in therapy really realizing I'm like I am loving detaching what does that mean scrolling you know, detaching, where you just like physically are there, but mentally you're in another place. Yeah. Detaching. So that's something that we all do regularly, but if you have children and a husband, it's not, you can't super do that. Yeah. It's not like celebrated and <laughs> kind of is a buzzkill when they take it away. They're like, <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, just working on. Like, I love to go into my stories, or I like to go into my healings, or, you know, different things. And Mm -hmm. that's just not part of the game. Yeah. Really about presence and connecting. Um, And I think that artistry requires a lot of like reclusive time. And so that's what's challenging is trying to nurture both the snakeheads. The mother self and the artist self that are both wanting to be.
1: Yeah. And having some sense of balance between the two. Um, should we do some reader mail?
0: Yes, please. Okay. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm telling you people this time of year just get totally out of their head. So if anyone out there is feeling uniquely at the end of a line it's totally normal at the end of the summer to feel a little bit brittle.
1: Why? Just do you think because like the heat?
0: Uh, yeah, Ayurvedically speaking, the season has burnt up all of the, all the extra unctuousness, all of the extra fats, all everything we're just like at the end of the line.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: make sure to just extra gentle these next couple weeks, especially if you want to hurt somebody. <laughs> yeah
1: don't hurt anyone don't be irrational just hold on a minute don't hurt yourself take a step back take a few breaths do the arm breathe at six o'clock 12 midnight <laughs> to six o'clock and then it's <laughs> so like, true yeah okay um uh, here we go lara esteemed guest I'm happy that there's been a resurgence in religion talk on the podcast this week because I have a story about a scamming scammer of religious scams that just recently came to light. I have a friend whom I've known for about 10 years. She grew up in church, as did I, and most of my friends who grew up in the South Florida specifically, and I know so, babe. Anyway, (laughs) my friend's father was very involved in the church, and she and her siblings were as well. She has two brothers, and for the most part, after college, all three of them drifted away from mindlessly believing that a man in the sky can absolve you of your sins and let you live in a made-up paradise after death. So apparently one of her brothers has fallen back into the pit that is the Catholic Church and is very much one of those new-age, cool, attractive, evangelistic types. He recently was married to a girl he'd known for less than six months because God had put it in him to marry her. No homo. <laughs> I know for a fact that he wasn't a virgin, but it's possible that she was, and probably abstinent. Regardless, here's where the scamming starts. His new wife is of Japanese descent, and they plan to have their honeymoon in Japan. However, during the lead-up to their honeymoon, God had, quote, put it in them to go on a mission trip to Singapore. In other words, someone at their church decided to start raising money to do this. They made a Facebook page and video and a GoFundMe to raise money. In the video, they droned on and on about how they decided to forego their long-planned honeymoon to Japan and were asking for 3500 instead to fund their mission trip to help the youth in Singapore. Hard eye roll. Anyways, this circles around Facebook, and I believe they reached their monetary goal and, if not, came very close to doing so. Cut to four months later, I'm discussing the matter with some mutual friends and I learned that the church paid for their mission trip to Singapore, which lasted for less than a week, and that directly after, they went to Japan for their honeymoon, with the money they scammed from people via their GoFundMe. Babe? I was shocked beyond belief, but it doesn't stop there. The brother has now been releasing videos on Facebook where he admits to having left his professional career to pursue his artistic passions and and use his art to spread the message of God and Jesus. Unclear what his artistic inclinations are. He, of course, once again, is asking for people on Facebook to sign up for a Patreon-esque subscription service where he can distribute behind-the-scenes content about his creating this religious art. I was so appalled, especially after the Singapore incident, that I didn't look into how much he was asking for per month. But honestly, who cares? Who wants to see this exclusive content and art about God? No one. More scams. Basically, you can see why I've dubbed him the scamming scammer of scams, and I'm actually pretty disgusted by slash questioning the legality of raising money to help children in Singapore, but using it to actually fund your Japanese honeymoon slash vacation. Happy to have a community to share this BS with. Love you, babe, and all of your various and entertaining content. Love and light. Forever an atheist in Florida. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I mean, what point, what's the point of being like hyper-religious if you can't use that to scam people out of money?
0: I thought that's what religion was for. Yeah, exactly. Okay, here's
1: one. Lara, my queen. Hello, I recently got into babe by way of sup and my Vanderpump Rules obsession. Thank you so much. I'm hooked and I'm making my way through the archives. I come from a pug family and your Tony journey is truly delightful to follow. I've been sending your Insta stories to my mom and now she's a fan. On to the point of this email, though. Let me set the scene. I'm walking through Chicago. I've just emerged from the redlined subway stairs on Staten Lake. Everyone around me is hustling and bustling to work. A new episode of Babe begins. Suddenly, I'm transported. I'm no longer in my comfy linen pants and rain boots with greasy, grown-out roots. I'm in a disco. I'm wearing a sequin jumpsuit. I'm six feet tall and still wearing platform shoes. As a 5'3 woman, this is the real fantasy. I picture myself dancing through Studio 54, curly hair, shaking to the music. I imagine myself shaking my hips and doing a little clap clap. I feel elated. I'm my truest self, (laughs) if only in my mind. So my question for you, where can I download the Babe theme song? I think I need to use it as my phone's ringtone in my morning alarm. (laughs) I need to capture this rush of euphoria and integrate it into my life. Let me know. Thanks. Okay. I paid for the royalty free rights or whatever for the song from some website but I will happily link you to the website where you too can pay to like have this song and play it all the time um it's just like it's not even like a full-length song it's just like a beginning it's like a one minute long sample of a song but I agree it's like it gave me that exact same feeling and that's why it had to be the theme song to babe But I'm also shocked that you would be six foot and wear platforms because as a six foot person who's worn platforms, it kind of is uncomfortable for me.
0: Stay on the ground. I mean, you're tall enough.
1: Yeah. I mean, I feel like wearing super high heels and then being like six five feels like I'm just like, oh my God, maybe that's my fear of being too seen, but
0: I want to listen to the song right now. It's really good. Thank you for making me lol week
1: after week. Okay, wait, here's a, a good one. Dear Lara and lovely guest. Firstly, I'd like to share my endless appreciation for the pod. I love tuning in every week to hear you dissect pop culture, dating, health, or whatever the topic du jour is. And of course, I love the Tony updates. I'm writing in today as I'm having a major babe out over a friendship issue. I met my friend, let's call her Sophie, last year when we were both working on an Australian farm together. Working under the supervision of a total whack job, crocodile dundee boss, and mourning together with one of our friends sadly passed away really bonded us, despite us being very different people. Before I moved to Australia, I grew up in slash around London and worked as a journalist. Sophie comes from a small town in Wales and has tried her hand at a bunch of different jobs, including being a sugar baby, which I love for her. Some of the stories about her wild drug-fueled benders, insane ex-boyfriends, and in fights she once bit a part of a girl's ear off are totally wild. The problem is, I, t- I totally fucking hate her new idiot boyfriend, Rob. They started out as friends with benefits, and after two months of fucking, they're now kind of a couple. I try not to get immediately offended when someone else's morals do not align with my own, but I can't look past the fact that this guy is a racist, homophobic, sexist, and rude about pretty much everyone who isn't himself. This is how stupid this guy is. He's an Englishman living in Australia, hence an immigrant, but the man has the nerve to say dumb racist shit about immigrants in the UK. Huh? What's more... Mm -hmm. Sophie constantly complains about him that he's rude and considerate, lazy, never takes her on dates, and is a generally shitty guy. Rob doesn't make her come very often, but she still has sex with him, when, with him whenever, she, whenever he wants. Also, I think he smells kind of musty sometimes. Gross. I have zero time for the dude anyway. <laughs> So obviously I've told her multiple times that he's a shitty loser and she should dump him. It's gradually become apparent that she's not going to break things off. So I feel pretty awkward for slating him so much. Nobody else in our friendship group likes Rob either. And it pisses everyone off when Sophie brings Rob and his equally dumb friends to our plans without asking. Sophie asked everyone in our group chat, whether we would come to his birthday night out and nobody replied. She's asked again, no reply. I feel bad because I hate leaving her on read, on red, but I can't believe I can't bring myself to celebrate this awful man's birthday. Sophie didn't text me to see what I was doing last weekend. She said maybe when I tried to arrange dinner this week. I think she's majorly pissed at me for not committing to Rob's birthday plans. This is the crux of my babe out. Do I force myself to continue hanging out with someone I find repulsive to save my friendship with Sophie? If not, how do I tell her that I think her boyfriend is a piece of shit and I don't want her to invite him to stuff anymore? My lovely sister is having a baby with her also lovely Lebanese husband. How can I stand by and listen to this idiot say disrespectful things about Arabic culture and immigrants? Do I phase Sophie, who's also a major babe and brings out my mild babe tendencies out of my life? Fellow babes, what do I do? Please advise. Love, Anonymous. Who?
0: I mean... If you're Sophie and Rob, hopefully it's not you. <laughs>
1: yeah, hopefully you're not listening. And if you are, let this be a your babe. Other warning that like Rob's a babe. Um I think it sounds like you've already told your friend Sophie that exactly what you think of her boyfriend multiple times and it hasn't done anything. So, I don't think there's any point in telling her again. But I think maybe sitting down and having a conversation with her that's like, Hey, I'm not going to like, you know, like beat the same drum over and over, but I would love like to kind of have an agreement that like, I, I don't really want to hang out with Rob. Like, I just want to hang out with you and if hopefully that, if we make plans and hopefully that's okay with you. And I know that that's kind of awkward, but I just have a real problem with like his attitude and te- and personality tendencies. But I really value your friendship, and so I want to keep our friendship. Just you or and don't me. Don't even
0: don't even make it about him. Make it about I don't feel comfortable. Yeah, don't make it like oh he has a problem. Something's wrong with him. Just make it about how it makes you feel. That way, it's not coming when we when we say something about when we say you, it triggers conflict. We have to say how we feel. The only thing that can really own. I don't feel comfortable. I'm not able to chillax when I'm around Rob. Yeah, anonymous.
1: I feel majorly weird around him. <laughs> I feel like I want to get the fuck out of here when he's around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a good advice. Make it about you and don't like put it back on him, even though it totally is like about him.
0: <laughs> no, it's not, it's not.
1: <laughs> the thing is, people are going to date people that you don't like, and you really only have one chance to tell them like, oh, I don't like this person. Is she in
0: love with Sophie? Is she in love with Sophie? Is what I want to know. I mean, it's always a bummer. Sometimes we don't realize. Babe? Also, babe, are you in love with your friend? (laughs) Because if you don't like her around her boyfriend, it's probably because you're in love with her.
1: (laughs) No, I mean, I think that there might might be, like, a secret lesbian crush going on. But I also think that, like, sometimes you just, like, don't fucking like the person that your friend is dating. But, like... If you care about the friendship, you kind of just have to
0: suck it up and deal with it. Just go out once a month with the boyfriend and make sure that you, like, take extra, like, CBD chocolates that night. The
1: thing is, you might also just have to, like, call it on this friendship altogether. Because (gasps) I'm... I (laughs)
0: don't
1: know. Okay. Yeah. Because, like... Okay. You... If... Like... I'm now thinking about all, like, the friends I've had who, who, like, I haven't liked their boyfriends or whatever. But none of their boyfriends are, like, racist and homophobic. It's just been like, oh, I don't, like, I feel like you could do better than this
0: person. So. It's like a lot of emotional intelligence academy for that.
1: Yeah. So I don't know if, like, if she's, like fine to date this person she probably shares some of his beliefs to some extent and maybe if she's bringing out like a if she brings out the babe the most baby side of yourself then maybe it's not meant to be mm. know what i mean Vern? pointed dear lara an honored guest long-term reader first-time caller i'm writing for some advice on my current journey To make a long story short, I recently called off my wedding to a straight white man with just two weeks to go before the big day. I've been feeling a creeping sense of dread in the run up and the anxiety just became unbearable. My friends say I'm a babe for being brave and listening to my gut, but I think I'm more of a babe for landing myself in 6K of debt for a day which didn't happen and not having a reason other than it just didn't feel right to give for the decision I made. I've been fantasizing about calling you for your wisdom and laws, but I was truly triggered into doing it after I heard you and in discussing the great hack on Netflix as the guy I was going to marry used to date the moral landfill fire that is Brittany Kaiser. Who's more of a TBD here because I'm concerned it's me. Anyways, I'd be interested to hear your take on the sitch. Love and light. Um, holy <laughs> shit. Uh, I think that you did the totally right thing. You're laughing. Why? You disagree? (laughs) Oh, no, no. It's good. I think that it's good. I mean, I think I really don't think if you have any second thoughts about entering a legal union with someone for the rest of your lives, even though you can get a divorce when evs, I just don't think it's worth doing.
0: Dude, if you're questioning it before, what happens when you're questioning it when you're in it? Yeah, like that's a full like. You will have regrets, I and fuck believe. everybody else who cares what anyone thinks six grand that's minor you're yeah, coming up grand in the world is nothing for a lifetime of freedom from somebody that cultivates anxiety inside you, yeah, I mean, your anxiety is your barometer saying this isn't feeling good. that's all it's saying. this doesn't feel right, and now you listen to it, and you're free of it also it's like you've learned an important
1: lesson, which is listen to your intuition and let that guide you. And hopefully after honoring it in this way, it just kicks in sooner to where it's not going to cost you so much money in the future. And
0: it's fun to plan a wedding. I mean, marriage is not always fun.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Also, I, well, I guess like if you're probably like co-paying for this wedding with like a bunch of other people, but I was going to say, you should have just had the wedding anyways, but, like, had a party. <laughs> like, and I'm not getting married day.
0: <laughs> it takes longer than two weeks, usually, to get there. But, yeah, I think you are on the right path. I commend you. What I was wanting to say is that this woman who's given up her potential life and marriage has done herself a favor. That's yeah. Amen. <laughs>
1: All right. First step of Skype, babe. TBD. But we did it. And that's all that matters. We're pioneers out here, you guys. Sometimes you can't be IRL. Sometimes you have to be URL. Sometimes you have to listen to like chief tap dancing in the backyard. Sometimes a pug, a little pug's nails are click clacking on the floor. And that's just how it goes.
0: Jocelyn, tell everyone where they can find you. Okay, you guys, come check us out at panaceaholisticinstitute.com dot com, or um, on Instagram at panacea holistic institute. You can also find me at Sacred Roots Holistic Healing, doing massage therapy, self care coaching, self care classes, and generally creating dinner theaters for anyone's enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned
1: to hear where I mean, I, we're, I will probably have to do some sort of follow up that recaps this like gothic dinner theater because I'm still in very much the same state of confusion I was when you brought it to my attention. So I'm looking forward to this immersive experience. And yeah, two babe readers can also get tickets. Or a reader and a friend. So valued at eighty-eight
0: dollars, folks. Vegetarian meal included. Wow!
1: Wow! 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 wow. Eighty-eight dollars <laughs> a piece, or eighty-eight dollars together?
0: No, that's the that's the together. That's two.
1: I love two that. Two dinners. Have some quinoa and veggies, and then have an experience
0: of enlightenment, of and enlightenment
1: mystery, and mystery in a circusy type of environment.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, you can follow me at Lars Marie. You can go to patreon.com slash babe podcast to support the pod and also get access to weekly bonus episodes. And uh, yeah, you can write me emails, babe at gmail.com.
0: Thank you so much for inviting me on to your show today, Laura.
1: Thank you for being here. Until next time, love and light. Namaste.